you know, I've been watching snowboarding from afar and I've been saying, like I wrote all this stuff in like 2008 or nine. I used to just like call it the beginnings of my book, you know, more of a journal type right. thing. Just talking about the industry, just saying at one point after one of the Olympics, it's gonna hit zero. People cannot take that many more spins or that many right. more flips right. or that. It's, it's gonna get straight line. Yeah, out there because like, you know, when things are so unattainable, if you open up a surf magazine, it's only dudes doing 80 foot drops on waves that are, you know, bigger than anything you could right. ever look at. Insane and nobody can relate to that. Yeah, no, I mean, they go, wow, that's cool. But so that to me is, I was watching snowboarding and just do that and sustain that, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. And the other thing was like the, the, um, life cycle of pros was that of like, you know, seasonal fruit, you know, because they didn't, they didn't sign them on for three years. So like if a pro, he had a two year contract, if he got hurt in that two years, he's fucked. He's done. If he doesn't get the best video part in those two years, he's done. Whereas skateboarding, it's like you do five year contracts. Surfing is five and 10 year contracts. They peep. Cause then you can build a whole marketing base around them, Right. You know, and they might not do good this year, but you have them for five years and they, right. you know, that's the so, same thing with any product. You can't, you know, if you try to, you try to market it for two years and expect it to go somewhere, and then you're done with it. It's, yeah, yeah. You're done. It's, you might as well forget about it. So, like, my my take on it was like, at some point, it's going to come back to zero, and that's why I was just call it in my head. Just come back to a point where it's kind of like they're going to look at themselves in the mirror and be like, who are we? Kind of, you know, are, are we a discipline of skiing? Are we want to be skateboarders? Are we? You know, what are we? Because it got so fragmented in this marketing process of like big mountain riding, uh, big mountain riding on waterfalls, you know, slip cell, slip cell, super slip cell, super right. pipe. But like all of a sudden at the end of the day, you have like 50 different things. And like say with D-Day, we're trying to take like our Alaska rider and we're going to put him on a trip with our rail riders next year just so he can go and appreciate it. And put the like some of our kids that just ride rails, taking them to Baker. They're gonna ride Mean Fulton for a month, you know, like just stuff like that. Where like you instead of like breaking up, you integrate. You know, you go, right. yeah, we're all different, but we're all the same in more ways than not. You exactly. know, exactly. And even with contest riders, I get like my thing is like you know a lot of the contest guys are almost ostracized because they only have these like big corporate sponsors, you know, because the board, a lot of board companies aren't sponsoring those guys right, right. now. But, I mean, a lot. Some of them even have to buy their own boards. Yeah, you know, right? and like the snowboard cross boards are are killer expensive. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. So, so to me, what happened there was like a smaller brand, say like us, would look at a contest guy, like, what's that going to do for us? Whereas, you know, we, we're talking to this one kid that you know does contests. He'll probably go to the Olympics. And and my thing to him is like, you know, if you keep one foot in the industry, and then just go full corporate on every other level you're going to have a family to come home to whether you win the Olympics or get 10th, you know? Right, right. And so it's like, so I'm trying to embrace that, like bring in the, like everybody, because I, I think it's all, and that's why I like see you as like part, an integral part of this sports history as much as anyone else's, because you, you created that. You, you know, you were my age ish. I'm 45 now. Right. So you're 67, you're saying? Yep. So you're probably 42, 43. Like yeah, it was like, if it was 1990 when the incident yeah. happened, it was 26 years yeah, ago, Yeah, so right? you were four, 41. So, yeah. So you were just like, you know, you are a skier and you came into the sport going, this shit needs some organization. <laughs> no, no, no clue. <laughs> like, like trying to rope them in and then... Scary. And then what happened when you saw like the likes of Palmer or Roach or... Because you didn't see that on the World Cup ski tour. 
No, you know, but I didn't. I didn't do anything on the World Cup ski tour. I, I, I grew up back east, Massachusetts, and I went to University of Massachusetts. Was on the ski team for three years, raced all over New England, and then I moved. My dream was to move to Colorado. Two things, my dream: one, to go to the Olympics; two, to move to Colorado and live in Colorado and ski every day. So the first one was an easy thing. I got in my car in 1971 and drove to Vail and and stayed there. Yeah, been there for 44 years. The second one wasn't so easy, yeah, because yeah. I wasn't quite good enough to compete at that level. Yeah, only at the collegiate level on some B pro races in Vail, and I won the Vail Town Championships. All, all, all three disciplines, triple yeah. gold. Yeah, yeah, just like Track that, Keeley. Yeah. So I'm dreaming of oh, yeah, yeah. Olympics, Olympics. No chance, no yeah. chance for me yeah, to yeah. ever think about going to the Olympics. So I tried to find a way to get there because I always wanted to go, and. And being part of competitive events was a way to do that. Mm -hmm. So I started this uh, sports promotion company called U.S. Sports and then um, U.S. Events. And we ran a lot of uh, uh, some ski events, but it was a lot of like road races, um, road bike races. At that time, mountain biking wasn't too big in the middle 60s. And a bunch of different things, triathlons, mm -hmm. biathlons, did a lot kind of kind of made up events in a way. Yeah, we like, invented yeah, we invented yeah. the Coors Light Mountain Bike Biathlon series when it started to get popular and we did six or seven of those all over the country. That's kinda of like the the bump series you did for a while so Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a big mistake. Bumps and snow. Not to Andy Hetzel then. He he's an overall he's reigning champ. One of the few people he I still know has he holds that so he, high. Crazy enough. And Jeff Grell too. Yeah, yeah. The inventor of the high back binding. Yeah. He was a great guy. But yeah, yeah Grell's a right. good friend. But um, anyhow, so some ski areas came to us in the late eighties. I think eighty eight, eighty nine, about five ski areas came to us because they knew that we had run ski events before and said we want to put on some snowboard events. We go, okay, that's fine. We don't know anything about snowboarding, nothing. They went, well, we'll figure it out together. Okay. You know, it's funny. It's like all the guys that started Trans World were the same. They kind of came into this. Oh, we didn't know anything about snowboarding. Exactly. Oh, like, like Sony, for like, say, Palladini, even when he started working at Snowboarder, he told yeah. me, he's in private, this is like 20 years ago, he's like, Mike, he's like, I never really snowboarded. I got this job and I had to go out and learn. <laughs> and but but like back in the day, I used to look down and be like, "Oh, that's F. They're not coming from us." But who the F were we at that point? Because we just started, so it's like it was. We were all immigrants in a way, and we were <laughs> immigrants I mean? into the competitive side of snowboarding yeah. because videos weren't that big in, at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of where we got our names out there in front of everybody. Yeah, but you had like the Greg Stumps and skiing, and that was like starting to break off in the late eighties. Right. I always saw like. Um, people may argue this, but like we kind of took a lot of wind out of that sail. Like yeah. if, if snowboarding hadn't come, like Greg Stump, probably you know what I mean. Not that he's not big, but like you know, like because I, I traveled with Plate quite a bit after, like say '94 when he was on Rip Curl. Yeah, and he's not like this anymore at all. But at that time, it was that little transition period where he felt a little bit scorned. You know, he felt like well, but, that was. But then he just recreated himself. You know right. what I mean? Like he did amazing. Like whole different world now but at that for that moment he was just kind of like man sort of you know we had just gotten here and then all you motherfuckers came this and way and just bylined us yeah. you know here we come whether you like it or not yeah so, so so we started the rocky mountain snowboard series and that's where hetzel and all those guys the pappases um, <laughs> all the rocket reeves hetzel was one of the first to comment on that on that yeah, thing that, so i rad. still have videos in my garage someplace of vhs tapes i'm sure of it because we did some television shows 
Zele Beer was the title sponsor one year. Now, how are they doing now? They're, they I'm just kidding. <laughs> they're dead. Coors uh, saw that, and they're like, no, we, we want some longevity. Let's exactly. leave that to Zele. Yeah, Zele can take care of that. But they had lemon-flavored beers and all these weird oh, flavors and raspberry beer and everything. And they, they gave us 20 grand, and we ran the Rocky Mountain Snowboard Series for four or five years. That's killer. It was great. The first event we ever did, we had 350 people show up for a GS. Was that like the Purgatory Contest and stuff like that? Yeah, and Monarch. Yeah. And, like, and anyhow, Craig the guy. Moved, Craig moved 88, 89 to Colorado to do, or no, 86, 87. Yeah, maybe. What year were you starting this? We, we, well, we started the International Snowboards Federation, I think, in 88 or in 89. 88 was the Rocky Mountain Snowboard okay. Series. And it was crazy. We had them like Copper Mountain. We televised them on, uh, I think, ESPN. Yeah, yeah. And we were hand digging pipes. No, I all the riders were out there hand digging them, and <clears throat> it, it went really well. And we were starting to make some money. And then NASBA got created, the North American Snowboard Association, okay. right. by the Aldens, Paul Alden and Rick <laughs> Alden and those guys. And <laughs> snakes that, in the grass, those Aldens. That was <laughs> that was a little bit slippery. We 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 went so far as to having fake airline IDs. What was it? Because because uh, Alden's uncle was the was the owner or one of the top guys at a, pl a company called Air Today. Mm -hmm. So so Paul had fake airline IDs made for us so we could fly internationally for like ID ninety ten percent of the full fare. And you know in these days you're in prison for. Life. Uh, yeah, this is like late like 80s. Like this is like the yeah. yeah, yeah totally. And we did. If you're in the airport, you get on the yeah, plane. Yeah, yeah. I'm an airline yeah, employee. Yeah, totally. Okay, well, you have to show me your ID when you get to. Okay, fine. I need to book a trip to Europe. Okay, boom, done. How much? 80 bucks. Okay, fine. That's Thanks. awesome. So we were flying all over the world in that, but working for NASBA. Um, and then I got this idea in 1989 because there was some, uh, a World Cup was going on in Europe. I said, we got to do something here. Um, we got to create a, an international federation to oversee all this shit, right? So I called the guy up that was running the event in Europe, a guy named Christian Savio from Switzerland. Mm -hmm. And then I found a guy in Japan named Kazuo Ogura, okay. legendary, yeah. right? Because he, he was there with me when yeah. booty He was in the room, on right? On the incident. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, <laughs> and then, so we created the internet, we all flew to New York City, got a hotel room, um, and sat down and we said, okay, we cre let's create this. I was wondering how that happened. Well, I was well, like, how, what are we going to call it? I, th I said, let's call it the International Snowboard Federation, ISF. Okay, good idea. Uh, how are we going to do this? And I said, well, I guess I can try to incorporate it. So they said, okay. So I went back to Vail, which I was living there with my wife at the time put $200, opened up a bank account, put $200 of my own money in a bank, and my wife did the incorporation papers, and we incorporated the ISF. That's so and, had you ever so heard at that point? Were you still skiing? I was still skiing. You got rules. But <laughs> I was trying to snowboard. That is so Wendell rad. was competing in the Rocky Mountain Snowboard Series, and I was... He hooked me up with Checkered Pig. Oh, I was just going to say, the Liquored Pig. The Liquored Pig. The Liquored Pig. That's what we used to call I had like five or six of the Checkered Pigs in my garage and oh, hard yeah. boots. I wouldn't have started either. I would have been like, you know what? These skis are looking pretty good right now. I was horrible. I was crashing into people. I suddenly realized why 
people didn't like snowboarders at that time. Yes. Yeah. We knew nothing about how to snowboard, or I yeah. didn't. And I had no control over my board or where I was going, and every time I get on it, I'd hit somebody. Well, yeah, because they were in my way. Just sometimes it takes people from the outside to, to get people from the inside to do stuff. Because, like, even, like, say, with journalists, this, one, this girl, Brooke, that does Yo! Beat snowboarding, a lot of people in the industry are always like, I heard she doesn't even snowboard. I heard. And I'm like, you know what? There are war journalists who have never shot a gun. There are sports journalists that don't know how to drive F1 or hit a tennis ball. Yeah. But they can still, you know, like, so sometimes it takes that outside person to, like, Oh, to help it along a little bit, yeah. see a different perspective, you know. Well, then I then eventually I switched over to snowboarding, and I didn't ski for like ten or twelve years. So it was just totally snowboarding. In fact, my my right knee is such a mess because when I was working, working on a snowboard isn't much fun. Right? No, 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 it's a pain. It's yeah, it, it shouldn't be done, right? <laughs> Skis are much easier. Well, that's what I thought about. I was telling Ego about that this morning. I was like, you know, he used to show up at the snow events, whether he snowboarded or not. He had to ski because that's you know you can't like fix a gate in a solemn course. You can't carry anything. Yeah, like unhook the binding and like hook up or right. just walk up on your oh, skis. You know, like way easier. Logistical sense, but I got tired of people giving me shit for snowing up on skis. So I was determined yeah. to learn how to snowboard, and I did, and I snowboarded really well. In fact, I did some half pipe stuff and other stuff, fun stuff. But not anyhow, what I heard. But I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm sure not. Um, but anyhow, um, my knees so bad because I'm goofy. My front knee is so bad. Um, I'm sure because I was riding all the time with one foot in my binding. Yeah. Right? Just because I had to do stuff. Did you have a stance that was really forward too? It was pretty forward. Yeah. Because like like I grew up my whole life with a really like 36 in the front. Right. Six. I rode with Craig. You know, grew up riding yeah. with Craig. And, no, it was kind of. And stance. even though I did a lot of switch riding, even then I felt like I was pre-cocked for yeah, things. Absolutely. But just when I started riding a couple years ago, I felt like my stance was so extreme. I just had to fix it. I haven't ridden in years, so okay, I'm going back to 18 and negative six. Yeah, so you went. What that did was squared me up, and all of a sudden I noticed I'm not twisting as much on my knee. Because I always looked at like a duck stance, like okay, whatever, like right. you can't turn that well on that because you're not kind of oh. forward. But it's the opposite actually, because you're so square on your board, you can just put like. Right, technique wise. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're not absolutely because like, I was always like this, and but remember, I'm riding the checkered pig, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm riding the Burton custom. Eventually, <laughs> that's the board right I ended up on. You get my board, Ted? <laughs> yeah, totally. Thanks, bro. <laughs> that's eventually the board I ended up on. Was a Burton custom, and then some stuff with Solomon because they gave it to me. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyhow, um, yeah, too much one foot riding, so I'm gonna have yeah. Have something done to it here in the fall, but anyhow, um, it was it was the start of the ISF, and then we created the ISF Media Network, and Ballantines came along, a liquor sponsor, which you know was frowned upon by everybody, so and rare. we got three <laughs> Herald and now, million huh? dollars, yeah, from Ballantines in liquor. We're, no, we're, we're, <laughs> we're for, in our forties, and all of a sudden we have three and a half million dollars in the bank. Holy shit! So we did all this stuff. We we bought Start TV time from the PBA Pro Borders board, yeah. Borders Pro Board Sailors was it association? They and what was that? Windsurfers Association. Okay. We brought them in to do all of our shooting because they were getting TV time. Yeah, yeah, Windsurfers <coughs> was huge. Then. Yeah, like it was huge. Yeah. yeah, and that guy took a whole bunch of our money and didn't do much with it, so that was a stupid idea. Do you want? Do I hear a f funny side correlation that I came up with since I was a? I'd always said this. I'd always said like kind of proudly, but at the same time I'd retract with it, I'd be like, 
Snowboarding would be different if I didn't come in the picture, you know, because like say, even with Craig Kelly, I lived with him in 86. I used to give him a hard time on where he grabbed his board and he was not a skateboarder. So he'd be like, what does it make a difference? And I said, well, it, I'd, I'd be like, it looks better when you grab down near your foot. When you grab at your tip, you look like a skier doing a daffy to me. And when you grab down here, you're tight. You look like a skateboarder. And so like, I don't, and Craig, you know, you look in magazines in 86, 87, then go to 88, and his style change. Like, he didn't ever grab Tindy or here. You know, he was always right. proper, you know? Yeah. And, every, and everyone followed him. Yeah. So I didn't directly influence that, but I know, you know, my influence on Craig then. Now I look at windsurfing. Like, I started kite surfing, right? I go down to the beach, I'm hanging out, and like I realize this is, windsurfing is snowboarding without roach and i being the adamant trick app nazis kind of mm -hmm. like no that's stupid because people to me back then people just didn't have that kind of like they okay so in windsurfing there's no people that surf windsurf right but right. there's no hardcore winds or surfers that cross over into windsurfing you know what i mean they kind of left it alone in a way right because the euros took over you know, and the Euros were a little bit different. So it's the same, like, matchup with snowboarding. Exactly. You know, but then, you know, you can look in one magazine where I'm doing a front side nose bone and everyone else is doing tail grabs. Two years later, everyone's riding like this, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like, I, it made me think, like, holy shit, like, we, snowboarding would be like, it would be kind of like a sail in the wind, just yeah. flopping. Because cause with skateboarding, it has a base. It has a little bit of a base of tricks why they came from that, where they came from. Right. And had I not like been that adamant, like it, because somebody would have one day, but they wouldn't have had the voice that I had or, right. the, you know, yeah, there are other people out there like me, but right. they just like didn't have that more voice. respected for, for where you'd been and what you yeah. been doing. Yeah. So it was like kind of interesting. It just happened this fall. I was like, you know what? Snowboarding would be like Windsor a lot, like not in a bad way, but like it would not have brought in skateboarding the way it did because yeah, like it's kind of a trip to think about that. Yeah. You know? No, but it, it's, you're right. You're, you're absolutely yeah. right. And then made, so, it, made a big change. So you to were what? what you were in forties with a couple million in your bank. All of a sudden, just Not going. My bank. Oh, yeah, yeah. But ISF your company bank, bank yeah. I, ISF. Yeah. Yeah. To, but but you, you're like. But most of that went to the euros. Yeah, yeah. So there, <laughs> of that course. kind of started the little bit of the infighting that yeah. people didn't realize was going on inside the ISF. Because what what happened? You, you're 40 years old, you have three and a half million dollars in a corporate account that three people are controlling, or four, because we had the ISF media network with, with Jose Fernandez. And- Did Jose um, wet his beak, so to speak? He was, <laughs> he, <laughs> he was a big influence in the, in the ISF. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and a classic writer. No, Jose, no, Jose is great. He, he's great, he's a great awesome. guy. He's a great guy, and he's still, I talk to him on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Super guy. Anyhow, um, yeah, so, you know, that you got money. Yeah. And you got testosterone. Yeah. And you got egos. Yeah. yeah. And that's a bad combination. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a really bad doing, combination. <laughs> Depends on how old you are. Well, yeah, but you know, for for a yeah, group yeah, of guys. Yeah, totally. right? no, I know. Chest thumpers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. And so that eventually, <laughs> eventually that kinda kind of brought everything down yeah, in yeah. the long run. I think the egos took over and um, you know, there was a number of reasons why I left when I did, uh, which is a good story. We should talk about that because okay. that's a classic story. Let's just say it right now. First of all, this is a very, very perfect beer for our cool. arrogant bastard ale. Coors. Coors. Banquet. <laughs>
the area. Sorry, this, I just got that. Does this bring back memories? Oh, that's funny, dude. No, I remember, I remember Palmer launching one of those off a uh, whack-a-mole. <laughs> Okay, so, we'll talk about the incident. Yeah, right? so what's the, the ISF? What, what was... Or I, so the ISF is going on, right? Mm -hmm. And we're going on and we're, we made an application to the IOC because we wanted to be the governing body for snowboarding. Oh, is this 90, This is around 92 or 93. Okay, all right. Because I think they had announced or they were getting ready to announce that um, snowboarding would be in the 98 Olympics. Like yeah, they kind of introduced it in Lillehammer a little bit, right? Yeah. Like, I remember that. Um, so, um, we made the application. I was I signed it and sent it to Sam Ranch at the time. I got this nice letter back, long letter from Sam Ranch. Thank you, thank you for everything that the ISF is doing for snowboarding. I still have it somewhere. It's a classic. And, um, but unfortunately... We've decided to give snowboarding to the International Ski Federation. So then the war. Is it, wait, is that the the same acronym? ISF. ISF. I, yeah, in a different way. So it's acronymically I, correctly. If I had known we were doing same. this, I would have brought my old ISF T-shirts. Oh, I have so many of them. Yeah, yeah. Like wait, IOC. Wait, let me get this straight. IS, ISF is International Snowboard. Federation, yes, and it's also International Ski Federation. Yeah, but FIS is Federation International de Ski. Okay, cool. Was that or the one that was taking over snowboarding? That's the saying? International Ski Federation. So that's a letter you got back from the IOC saying, IOC. you know, unfortunately, these people are doing it. Right. Okay. It was. To it was. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Totally political is right because I respect most of the guys from the IOC, yeah. but it it happened. Okay. The IOC political? No. So, uh, so uh, I'm, uh, I'm being politically correct. So, so I'm thinking, there goes my dream, right? Yeah. Number two reasons why, one, move to Bale, and two, yeah. I want to go to the Olympics. Yeah. Because that's been a goal. It was yeah. a goal of mine, right? Long-term goal. And you don't mean as a spectator. You mean in it, like it as part of the organization. Competing, competing. Right? Initially, but then yeah. I realized it wasn't good enough. Yeah. So you got to find another way to go, go there. So, um, then we had all this stuff going on with all the stickers, bomb fist headquarters, intelligence of the committee, uh, fist sucks, all this other stuff, yeah. right? It's just, they, you write that stuff today, and again, you're in jail for a long time. <laughs> can't do that stuff. <clears throat> I probably I, I still have could. some of those. You probably could, <laughs> yeah, but I can't. I Terry couldn't know it. I'd lose my job. Yeah, I exactly. still have some sticker, all the stickers at home, too. I could have brought I should take some pictures and say Yeah, that. yeah, totally. Um, anyhow, in 1992 or, or 93, we started kind of the, the fighting inside the ISF started to get a little bit more intense with money, and we weren't getting a big share of the money of the 3.2 million in the U.S. and North America. And we had also started the PSA, the Professional Snowboarders Association. But, but with that money, you have to do a lot with it, right? You have to organize contests. You have to like, exactly. you like put Prize up money, you fly have to people like, around, totally. it's, it's pay not, TV cameras, Yeah, it wasn't TV just like tracks. money in your pocket. No, you no, no, no. Where are we, it was where, like seriously, but, serious organization. Right. And where are we going to do this? Right. What ski areas? Right. What countries? But, okay. But, uh, but the PSA North America and the ISF North America were Ted and Christy Martin, basically with a board of directors who had Jake, Mark Fawcett, all these other guys mm -hmm. on it, right? Controlling what we did so we weren't pocketing all the money. But our, our 
our draws were like twenty thousand dollars a year, mm -hmm. and all the rest, most of the rest of the money stayed in Europe, and a little bit went to Japan. Yeah. So we weren't getting a big chunk of that to to keep ourselves alive. So yeah, we yeah, totally. Other things. So we, so we, there was a, a ISF versus FIS um, uh, Trans World seminar in Banff in nineteen. I want to say 93 or 94, somewhere around there, where we, there, all, the tra all the industry people were there, and they set up a, a, a table discussion. I, I was an invited to Head table, or you were a bad boy then. <laughs> I can read. Still are, I, <laughs> I hope so, though. Yeah. Okay, so, so you were so, banned. So, okay, you were banned. And we're all sitting at the head, up at the table, and you got the... Um, Chuck Allen, mm -hmm. founder of the USASA yeah. in the crowd, very vocal guy, yeah. always a vocal guy, rest in peace, Chuck, and all the rest of these ISF supporters, right? And they invited Hanno Trindle, who was in charge of freestyle skiing and snowboarding for FIS at the time. Mm -hmm. What was his name? Hanno Trindle. Yeah, I'd remember that. I don't, never heard that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, actually, he and I have become and were good friends and became good friends. But anyhow, we um, were sitting at the table, and in those days, no iPhones, no cell phones, or yeah. nothing. No so distraction. It's a slide presentation. It was the worst. <laughs> I prepared a slide presentation. Yeah, yeah. He, and we didn't tell Hano what, the, Transworld didn't tell Hano what the meeting was about. There was just an open discussion about FIS versus ISF. Well, he shows up. I have a 20-minute slide presentation I put up on the wall. Everybody's clapping and cheering, uh, chanting ISF, ISF. Yeah. Hanno sitting there going, scratching his head going, okay, this is what Fist is doing for snowboarning, blah, blah, blah. And that was it. We talked for Came three or four minutes. gunfight with a knife. Kind of. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so afterwards, he's walk, we, we finished. We all clearly won that battle, right? Um, walking around in the hallway, and this is this is a really great story. It's, it's a funny, great story. I've told it to a bunch of people. Anyhow, walking around in the hallway, <clears throat> I'm seeing the writing on the wall, right? Because IS uh, Fist just got the Olympics, right? I'm losing my Olympic dream. We're fighting inside the ISF a little bit about money. We don't have a lot of money, and so I walk out. So the hallway, and Hano's walking around, pacing around, just shaking his head. And I yell, Hano, I, I, we haven't been formally introduced, but I'm Ted, but nice to meet you. Oh, yeah, Ted, I've heard about you. Um, and, <clears throat> you know, Hano, I, I think you guys need some help. Like I'm talking to Hano, mm -hmm. you Hano. I think you guys need some help. And if you're interested, I'd be willing to maybe help you a little bit. Because it, it's clear to me you have the Olympics, and... I want the sport to grow and I want to yeah. help it as much as I can. So um, if you're interested in some help, let me know. It's like when the two Democratic nominees, like when one's decided, the other one helps the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. totally. That'll take a long time if we start talking about Yeah, this. yeah, totally. Okay. So I, we left, right? Yeah. That was on a Sunday. He flies back to Europe. Monday afternoon, I get a phone call. No, it was Friday next Friday. I get a phone call. And this was in December, right? This happened before Christmas. I get a phone call. Ted, who's this? Hano. Oh, Hano. How's it going? Yeah, it's going good, Ted. How are you doing? Good. Um, were you serious about what you said? I said, yeah, I, I'm serious. I was serious about what I said. 
He said, okay, um, well, I talked to John Franco, who's the president of FIS now and was the general secretary then, mm -hmm. and um, we'd like you to come to Switzerland uh, and, uh, and talk to, we'd like to talk to you. Yeah. And I'm going, uh oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, how am I going to get there? Because I don't have any money to go there. He goes, I, sa I said, well, oh, that's okay, hon. But how, how, should, how do you want me to get there? He goes, well, we'll, we'll fly you there. So you're well, an FIS corporate jet. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I said, he said, I said, uh, when should we meet? He said, how about Monday morning? This is Friday afternoon. He calls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. I'm game. So Monday morning, I get on an airplane, fly to Switzerland, fly to Zurich, get on a train, go to FIS headquarters. Walk in there and I'm sweating like a fat girl at a dance, shaking like <laughs> I'm in the enemy camp, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm looking up at the building. This is a big building on the lake with all these nice offices. It's, and it's like the, we're working out of the basement it's of like our the house. U, you're going to the UN right now. Exactly. You're like Angolia or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're, you totally. know, we're in the basement of our house, working out of our house, and <laughs> two of us. And so I walk in the door and Hanel introduced me to the. The, the secretary there and took me upstairs to John Franco's office. It's like going to the principal's office yeah. when you're a kid. You just did something wrong. <laughs> Walk into the office, a huge office, really nice place. Going, uh-oh, okay. Sit down, John Franco. Hi, I'm Ted Martin. Now I know who you are. Thank you, John Franco. And Hanna Lee's, right? It's like the penguin scene in the Blues Brothers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I go, holy shit, what's going to happen here? So John Franco sits back in his chair. He smokes like at least one cigarette every 10 minutes. Three packs a day, smoker. Still. 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 Yeah. Just ashes this long. And yeah. ashtrays filled up with it. He goes, so I hear you want to go to work for us, Ted. I go, yeah, John Franco. You know, I think I can do something good for the sport here with you guys. I think I can help you out. I, I know you have the Olympics, and I'd like to be a part of all that. He goes, okay, fine. He goes, so, tell me, how much money do you need? What? what? Didn't really go like that, but it's like, yeah. oh, what should I say? I said, um, well, John Franco, I, I didn't think, I hadn't thought about it. And, 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 oh, I think the first question was, so, um, what uh, no, how much money do you want? And I go, ah, uh, can I make a phone call? And he goes, sure. There's a, use that office over there. There's nobody in it. Which are our bills? Yeah, I call, oh, I, exactly. I call my wife. Christy. So right. Ted, what are you doing calling me at 4 o'clock in the so morning? I'd like to talk to you. I had the phone bill and our like mortgage. I'm getting $20,000 a year from, from the ISF. What should I tell them? She goes, well, you know, Ted, they're the enemy. I go, yeah, I know. They probably aren't even going to pay you. I go, you, you, probably, you might be right, but what? i got to tell them something. Yeah. What should I say? Tell him $60,000. Who's it? John Franco. I said, come on in. Okay, Ted, what'd you decide? John Franco, uh, all things considered, I think the job's going to take 60 grand. Okay, no problem. Yeah, <coughs> the same thing happened to me with Lamar Snowboards. I remember I called up Craig Kelly. I'm like, dude, Bert wants me to ride for him. He's like, fuck Bert Lamar. You know, like, and, and, and really? like yeah, Craig's my big brother, but like at the same time, I think Bert knew that. 
You know, like Bert did that to fuck with him a little Probably, bit. Probably, yeah. And so I called him up and said, Craig, what should I ask for? It was like, I was like, what, two, three grand a month? He's like, ask for 60. And the next day I asked for 60 grand. Bert's like, okay. And I remember, it was probably the same year, about 92. Yeah, right I remember just there, going, yeah. holy shit, that's $5,000 a month. That's yeah, like, exactly. Like, that's what whoa. I thought. <laughs> I'm a millionaire. I know. <laughs> 60 grand, I'm a millionaire. So... So the next question, uh, how do you want to get paid? What? How do you want to get paid, Ted? What, what do you mean? Like, well, um, would you like to get paid in Swiss francs? Would you like to get paid in Italian lira? Or US dollars, Canadian? How do you want to get paid? I said, can I make a phone call? <laughs> sure. Go ahead. What's the At this time, point in time, I don't know what he's thinking, but... Um, uh, and I didn't know at the time, I, obviously, the job security, because the ISF was still out there, right, waging this war yeah, against yeah. fists. So that was my job security. Yeah. So I didn't even think about it then. Uh, years later, I thought, that ah, that's right. But, like, you, you, you had the, the, what do you call it, the armies at the gates of Rome, and you yeah, were exactly. s sitting with the emperor having, having tea. Exactly. And yeah, totally. And I'm the bad guy. Yeah, you're the Germanians at yeah. the gates. So I go, okay, I'll be right back. Christy, what? I'm sleeping. No. How do we want to get paid? Uh, what do you mean? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, well, tell him you want to get some in U.S. dollars and some in Swiss francs. I said, okay. Hey, John Franco, about Swiss francs and U.S. dollars. Sure. No problem, Ted. I have one more question for you, and then I'll let you go. Okay. What is it, John Franco? Um, how should we pay you? What do you mean, how should you pay me? How do you want to get paid here at, at the FIS? I don't remember exactly. It was maybe every month or every two weeks. I think it was every month, maybe every, mm -hmm. every two weeks, every month. He goes, but I, I'm, I can pay every two weeks. I can pay every week. I can pay every month. I can pay every couple months. How do you want to get paid? Well, one more call. To <laughs> Christy, uh, Ted, yep. you realize now that you're dealing with the enemy. I already told you that. And you realize that you probably will never get paid if you wait to see the money. Tell them you want it all, all up once. front. <laughs> Walk back in. Fly back home. Monday morning, January 3rd, I had $60,000 in my bank account. Was this 92, 93, you so, think? Yep. Just right in there. Just, yeah. Okay. It, so all of, a sudden all you, of it. So you had sixty grand to go work for. I had nothing. The, the and then I had sixty thousand. Did, did you have to go tell ISF? Well, then right. no. Then the IS, then the ISF and the Fist World Championships were the, a week later. So I had to fly back over. Yeah. Go to the ISF World Championships, right? Because that's was who I was still working for. Yeah. I didn't make any announcements. And John Franco called and said, "We're going. We need you to come over to Lienz." So I said, "Okay, John Franco." Fine. You sure it's not Don Franco? Because that, that's how it's starting to sound. Okay, Don Franco. I'll, I'll come over there. He said, have you told anybody yet? I said, no, I haven't said a word. He said, okay, we'll send a van over for you. And Lienz and Fieberbrunn, I think, were like 45 minutes away from mm -hmm. each other. They, so I packed my bag, sneaked downstairs in the front door of the hotel. I'm standing there. Everybody's else on the hill. I think we were running an event that day. And <clears throat> I'm standing in the front door of the hotel, and this... Van, Volkswagen van pulls up that says FIS Snowboard Weltmeister Championships 
all over it. Yeah, like you all know. over it, right? Like a billboard. Like. Yeah. So I throw my bags in, close the door, lay down on the floor, and tell the driver, "Go, go, 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 get out of here." So funny. So he drives me over to Lienz. The next day, I, that night, I send a letter that I'm quitting the ISF, and then holy hell breaks loose, breaks loose right? I'm, I'm out on the venue the next day, and I'll never forget it, Martin Freinanimitz, Dieter Hopp, and a whole bunch of the ISF writers were over there because they had a day off, the Alpine writers. Snowballed, yeah. At me, pointing at, we're going to kill you. You're like, I've been through man. this with Roach and Brainwood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got this. The incident, I got this. Anyhow, pointing fingers at me, you're a dead man, we're going to kill you, you buddy fucker, and all the rest of this shit. So I had to have, I had a police escort. They they cut the gendarmes over there. I had a police escort the whole rest of the time I was there. That rules. Super funny story. Next story is, so I'm out there and on the GS day, <clears throat> Fist World Championships in my soft boots, right? They watered the hill because they only knew how to do alpine stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So they wanted to make the snow hard. So they watered the hill. I said, Hano, should I have a radio? No, just go out there and do some raking and we'll, you know, we'll get one. Yeah. To. I'm, st I'm standing on this part of the course that's like, like slicker than snot. Yeah, yeah. In my, in my snowboard boots. boots. Yeah. And I'm starting to rake. Liquored pigs, no, snowboard boots. Liquored pig, snowboard boots. <laughs> I have no idea what time the event starts. And I fall down and start sliding. And I, and I slid underneath the, the tall pole and the stubby and the gate panel. I'm going underneath there. And I think I'm smart enough to turn the rake sideways to hook onto the panel. <laughs> so I'm lying down on the slope. There's live TV going. I'm going, shit, I'm, I'm, I'm in snowboard. trouble here. I'll probably lose my job. The forerunner goes by my feet. And it's on live TV. You didn't even notice. No. I get up, get out of the way. And it was like, okay, I better have a radio on. Huh? So I yeah, yeah. radio on. Then the rest is history. And then so so FIS went on to do the, the, the Olympics in Japan. Yep. Right? I was the race director there. With the, my, my, my that nightmare. My girl, then girlfriend. Were you there? You didn't No, go. no, but my then girlfriend, Yeni Wara, she was on the Swedish team. Yeah. So she was I, I know Yanni, she's a great lady. Yeah, yeah, she was like, I remember she like won the contest before the Olympics, got second at another one, like had a good build, and then she got that Hong Kong flu virus there. Oh. And was sick as a dog. She like, I remember carry. just like, oh my God. Yeah, well, she, she qualified third or some shit and got, I think, eighth or ninth, you know, in the back of the heat. But like, she had a good run, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, she's dating me. At the same time, I'm like, the anti-Olympic guy, of course. You know what I mean? and, my, and my girlfriend's in the Olympics, yeah. so it's like I, I just had... How did a, that feel? What was that like? I just went with it. Like at a certain point, I remember <laughs> arguing with her, not arguing, but like going, she was like, yeah, I did a frontside indie, and I'm like, it's not a frontside indie, it's just a frontside air. Indie is only backside wall, you know, like, I started going off, and she's like, I go, like, I, I said something, and she goes, I don't care, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. and I just remember going, good answer. Good answer. Like you don't care. I like, better shut up. Yeah, well, it just doesn't matter anymore. at a certain point. You know what I mean? Like it does to a certain point on Facebook. Then you get like people getting so weird about it. Like, 
like trick names and whatever. It's just silly. Yeah. But like she was the one that really put it in perspective. It was like, what does it matter? I snowboard and I do a trick and I grab here and I call it something close to what you call it. Right. And I'm like, okay, fair and enough. I'm a snowboarder. And I also she also rollerbladed, but I made her call them fruit boots at all times. Like, I'm going to go fruit booting now. You know? <laughs> fruit booting. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, I never let her. So okay, so here we are. In the nineties here, um, what do you call it? The FIS goes into the Olympics. Mm -hmm. Ross Ribblegotti. That was amazing. Do you want? Do you want to hear like the side story that I have yeah, about that? Yeah, side story because Go, I had to live that. I going know exactly. Going what up the chairlift with that guy, like in, I mean, it had him in '92, '93, well before the Olympics years. And it was Duck Boy and I. We we're smoking a joint in the lift. I think Brushy. We're all sitting there. We're going up to Craig's camp, you know, like smoking this joint. We hand it to Ross, and Ross is like, he's like. I I I'd rather suck dick than smoke oh, really? pot. And now what he's he's selling Dude, Ross's gold totally. now. <laughs> no, then he gets and I really believe his story that like because he wasn't a big stoner back then. I think he just became what that is because may, maybe I, I I didn't know him if say in, I, that happened in '92. Yeah. I didn't know him after that up to the little Olympics. Naive. So little naive. No, like but I always like to picture him going. <clears throat> actually was at a party actually did and then everybody made so much fun of it that he just went with it you know what I mean because I just didn't see him as a stoner you know what I mean I do now <laughs> yeah he's embedded that into pop culture yeah well, he's making millions with it too but, yeah that's you know, amazing the story is pretty amazing it was like a nightmare for me because like, my first Olympics. Right? Yeah, yeah, totally. I, so I was like, if it, if it wasn't regular Roach in, in Japan, yeah. then like it was. It, what, what killed it was me? What I always thought was funny was like, here were all these racers. They were the ones going, "We want in the Olympics," and all the freestyle was like, "No, it doesn't matter." You know, whatever the argument was, it doesn't matter. But like, point being, when the racers finally got in, their star guy that won the fucking gold fucking right. got caught smoking pot. Of course, <laughs> like, but you know, amazing. there was three other positive tests. For marijuana that same day. Yeah. Yeah. Who else? Um, I don't know the names. <laughs> what countries? Uh, I don't know the countries. <laughs> I know the ladies' super G was that day, and I don't know what else. I think it was a hockey game. Okay, you're saying like of, of other sports. Yeah, other sports. <laughs> okay, okay. Not just no, no. Snowboarding was. I, and it probably did barely came up in the hockey, right? No, no. It was, well. This is slow news the week. Let's put it that story way. is an interesting one. Yes, yeah. I'm standing in the bottom of the half pipe watching half pipe training, and I get my cell phone rings and it's John Franco. Ted um, uh, just had a positive. Don test Franco. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so Don said that we have a positive on Rob Bugatti. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck and do we you're do? probably going to have some media in your face. You're going to be the spokesperson for this. I went, oh, I turn around. There's four or five. Already. Cameras, yes. CBS, everybody. I think it was CBS at that time. Just played into what's itself, it, didn't yeah, it? Exactly. <laughs> Tell us what's going on. You know, and I don't have any information yeah, yeah, yeah. yet. So the information that I get was that Ross tested positive. The story is, the actual story is Ross tested positive. He had the minimal amount you can have in your blood. Yeah. Which I believe at the time, according to FIS rules, was 15 nanograms of THC per milliliter of blood. It was written clear in the rules. So he tests positive. So 15? 15, 15 which, is, which is really just walking through a room where I was gonna say, I'm, right? I'm probably at 45 right now. The problem. <laughs> so then Ross appeals to CAS, the Court of Sport Arbitration. Wait, what's CAS? It's CAS, okay. Court 
of sport arbitration, okay. but it's yeah, it's, you can't go for it. Uh, yeah, go ahead. So, so he appeals, which you would anybody would do normally, right? Mm -hmm. It's the highest governing body in the world that hear, hears appeals for sports. All right. I wish I knew about them in 1990. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Ross appeals there. Yeah. And, and, and um, they overturn the, um, the verdict, the positive test, because the other federations at that time in the 98 Olympics all had different amounts of THC you could have in your blood. So, so like figure skating maybe was 30 nanograms or something else was maybe two. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So they go, but you can't have a double standard here. Um, Olympic people, yeah. everybody has to have the same standard. Yeah. And um, that then April after the Olympics, which are in February every year, all the federations get together at the annual convention and they've made a rule now that everybody has the same amount. So that's, yeah, that's what happened with Ross. And there were other positive tests, but for some reason, snowboard, snowboarding, of course, got singled out because yeah. I think everybody expected it anyhow. Yeah. And it happened. So then, okay, so here's my side of like the, the early 80s, late 80s, 90s, you know, like, so like I was snowboarding. I lived with Craig Kelly. I did not ride for Burton. Burton won nothing to do with me. They would probably give me boards, but they were just like, they had Craig and then they had Duck Boy. They had their dudes that right. fit the, yeah, they fit Rushy. their bill. I didn't, you know, yeah. so. But like from the off, from the very beginning, I was always opposite of Craig. Craig kicked out his tail on things. I started doing nose bumps. Craig raced. I started riding backwards. You know, like at the same time living with him, I was developing this whole other kind of right. style. Right. You were more progressive. Yeah, it, but but like he always was like, like very uh, what do you call it? Receptive of it. Like he would be like, what are you up to? Like he like, watch me ride. Like right. why are you riding backwards so much? Well, in skateboarding, everyone's starting to do everything switch. Hmm. Yeah, he'd think about it, but like, so like to me, it was like, it was uh, it was kind of like you know the almost the total classic '80s B movie, you know, like the jocks versus the nerds, or like you know just something like that. Where it was like Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, totally. Where we were like, because Roach and I were we were you know the the kind of snowboarders who were out there. They got us the ones that skated, but the ones that didn't were like what's the big deal? What's the difference type thing? You know what I mean? But then eventually people started seeing that and riding like that. But like in the interim, it like, you know, I was unsponsored. I got kicked off team, got kicked out of Japan, got kicked off the World Cup tour, all this stuff. But even getting kicked out of Japan was the reason we started filming so heavy because right. I couldn't compete on the World Cup. And the other thing, I, I said it today to my girlfriend, I was like, even if I had continued competing on the World Cup, that was not my gig. I would have burned out in another year, and that would have not been for it. Everybody. Competition. So, yeah, yeah, totally. Right. So, so it's like because everything happened the way it happened. You know, this ha this other thing happened. Right. You know what I mean? And so, so this, you were like a pioneer in video too, right? Yeah, yeah. So we used to start filming because yeah. like all of a sudden we're like we don't have we had this budget to go to contests. Yeah. But all of a sudden we're like, well, we can go to France because I remember explaining to people like. You know, look, look this way. I could go to France and do one contest for a week and be in and out and get eighth. Or I could go there for two weeks and film and have a three-minute video that people can rewind right, and watch right. over and over again. Yeah. And it wasn't just my idea. It was just watching skateboarding at the time. That's what that's why I did as a skateboarder. We rented videos and we just watched them over yeah. and over and over. 
And so like, but at the same time, you know, that first year when we were filming, I remember it wasn't like we are filming now. It was like, we just had to, you know, like all the other riders were jealous of that. You know what I mean? Of course, because you're yeah. having fun. Totally. There's no pressure. And, and, and that's where progress comes. telling come. you, ready, set, yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's where the progress... Or be here at 10 o'clock totally. in the morning. And to me, the progress didn't come in competing, like people going, okay, I got to beat this guy this week, because you get your rundown every week, and maybe you add to it at the end of the year, and, and it goes into the corporation the next year. Right. What was filming all the time, we were just trying stuff, you know what I mean? Just And filming that stuff, like, say, buttering that you did between the half pipe and the chairlift, mm -hmm. just little things. But like that just sparked other revolutions in the, right. in the sport. Right. And then, but like looking back at the eighties, it was always like, I always think people forget completely that there was a total split in the sport for a long time. Like ski, is it, is it gonna follow skiing kind of, or is it gonna follow skateboarding, yeah. you yeah. know? And like all roads said skiing because it was organized, it was to get, you know, and skiing was welcoming of snowboarding, not on the chairlifts per se, but like as far as a, another sport to have in their, their pocket when well, they went to, to make the money with IOC. It. Yeah, right. yeah, totally. Whereas sk skateboarding wanted nothing to do with snowboarding. They were like, no, dude, you're gonna make us look bad. Like, go back to the mountains. <laughs> because you didn't know how to snowboard. And uh, the problem totally. was that surfers and, and and skateboarders had no idea what it was like riding on a mountain or yeah, riding yeah. a chairlift or yeah. going out on a trail and not sitting down in the front of a this the trail exit ramp or yeah, the trail so or everything cool. else, right? So that's why everybody thought. But, but to, to me, like the defining moment for snowboarding, just me personally, was like getting out of the helicopter in Alaska the first time. And I was with Tom Burt looking down this run for thousands of feet. It was with Craig, Kelly, Tom Burt. I just remember going, this is snowboarding. What year was like, that? Like, it was 91, I think. Oh, 91, wow. Yeah, it was like, we were immediately up there, you yeah. know? And like, like I just thought, okay, we could pretend to be skateboarding, maybe we were skiing, but this is snowboarding now. Yeah. Because like, we were up there with like, Schmidt, Scott Schmidt, and I watched him do this whole shoot, 60 turns, you know? And I did it in three, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and it just changed, to me, just personally, it, like all of a sudden I was no longer, embarrassed to tell a skateboarder, yeah, I'm a snowboarder. You know, up to that point, it was like jester hats and slalom, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? It was yeah. like, we're crazy, you know? Like, and people would be like, what do you, the why, why do you even do that shit, you know? But then with Alaska, it just defined it for me. And then the, the other thing I noticed quickly in Alaska, the people that excelled were the ones with race knowledge, like Mark Fawcett, Jeremy Jones even, right. Craig they Kelly. Could make those big yeah, because they could terms. find the lines, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, and they know to look ahead. And, and so it's like, stuff. to me, that's where everything got blended. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you blended in the, the race element, you blended in the freestyle, and, and it just came to some, a new new thing. Well, and you took, you took what you knew from skateboarding but you took it into nature. Right? Yeah, 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 totally. The whole thing with snowboarding, yeah. right? It's you're not in a concrete, totally ramp somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't build it, right? You know? You're out there in nature. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's still today the as of today the cool thing about the sport. Totally. Yeah, that's why my my kids are growing up in Hawaii because I want them to like be around waves and nature and you know feel the pulse of the earth and exactly. all that stuff and respect it yeah yeah totally yeah. well that's up to them no, it's good. Yeah. absolutely you know no it's it's really cool. i didn't say respect you <laughs> yeah no 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 no. Um, no it's really cool though like uh because you know just over all over all those years i remember i saw you in france one time in teen it was probably 98 because i was with the yeti it was before the olympics 
and we saw each other like really quick. I was like, Ted Martin? You're like, Mike? And you said something like, we owe each other a beer at this point, you know? Yeah, yeah. And and so it's like, that's, I think the last time I saw you, like yeah. in the, you know, so that, that was pretty funny. And I was hung on to that. I was like, Ted's rad. Like after that I mean, point. You, you, well, you, you know, when, when, well, someone had to be a snow cop in those totally, days, right? Totally. Otherwise there would have been no more competitions anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? But for me, I, as soon as something happened, like the incident, yeah. I, the next day I was over it, right? Or the yeah. next hour or whatever, it's done. <clears throat> probably because there's probably something else going on that I had to deal yeah, with. Yeah, totally. um, but that was just the nature of the sport. Now it's completely different. Yeah. Completely different. Well, I, I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but... Anyway, like the, I've seen some contests in the last year where you, you like, I don't know if they're World Cup, but big contests where you can't spin over 540. You know, like, I, I think in installing that, like, into runs, like, okay, you get three you runs. Mean, they don't let you some spin over a 540. Not anything that I've ever worked Okay, out. so this was this this was this year. It was a week before Super Park. There's this kid, this, like, 15-year-old kid from Southern California. I forgot his name. Like, the new, you know, I go say baby Jesus. You right. know, the new baby Jesus. But this kid rips. But he does all these quirky spins, but he won this contest where you can't spin over a 540. Like it must every, have been like a was it a USAS contest? I'm not. I'm not. Was sure. it on TV? I have, I have no clue. But okay, but point being, like it would be cool to see that somehow incorporated into bigger contests, where it's like okay, three runs, one one run you can't spin over 720. Right. The other two you go the fuck off. But just because to me you you get a different skill but there level. Is the, that's kind of happening. In, yeah, yeah. From the standpoint of two out of three runs but you can't have the same run every time okay you do this you have to do something different yeah yeah yeah. two out of the three runs have to be different there's all kinds of judging formats and techniques that between the ttr and the fis and usasa what's the ttr is that the is that hanging? ticket to ride yeah it's it's the evolution of what what it kind of evolved a little bit out of the ashes of the isf yeah yeah, yeah. some of those people are still involved um, I remember when they first started doing the Arctic Challenge because I, I was judging those contests and like it was always okay. We want to do this at the end you of the get year. Into judging. You I know. I want judge. to again. Yeah. Uh, like I kind of dropped out when my hip was bad. I was just kind of out of it for a while. Yeah. But like that was years ago, and now you know. I imagine getting paid everything to go to a contest and just. No, I, I I did that for like five years. I did X Games. I did Arctic Challenge. I did. Oh, you did. Yeah, oh, totally. Cool. I did a lot of big contests, like all the. I did, you know, anything from like the Verbier freeride contest to right. the Arctic Challenge half five. You know what I mean? And they were fun weekends because you know I went out and I remember one time Peter Line was like, you know, how are you, you know, all snotty, you know, like how are you going to judge? Like, you know, do you know what blah 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 is called? And I was like, mm, no, but I know what looks good. How's yeah. that? And he was <laughs> like, he, he just goes, <clears throat> you know, like, he was like, I stand corrected. You know, <laughs> I kind of walked off, but like. But no, judging was actually fun. I always said, like, I'm not a judge, I'm a critic. Judges hand out sentences. I'm here to critique your snowboarding. <laughs> That's classic. You know? <laughs> That's great. That's classic. Yeah, but, like, I actually enjoy doing that stuff. But, um, but do Like me, I, I never disqualified anybody. That's not what Keith Wilson says. They and disqualify themselves. Yeah, they did. Fuck you, right? Keith. Yeah, fuck, fuck you, guys. Keith. <laughs> so, okay, so I have a list. I was going to go down this list. In 1991, December 14th, at a... I was disqualified uh, by Ted Martin. No, do you remember that? I didn't well, they disqualify do. you. You disqualified <laughs> that, yourself. That would be so rad. I just caught you. Yeah. That is funny. I can't say I don't make the rules because I did write the rules. 
<laughs> I can't say everybody, I don't enforce them because I do. But everybody, anyways. Yeah, everybody agreed on them. Yeah, because there's no one else in the room. It was just no me. anything. <laughs> no, so I, like, like I, you know, it was this whole like skating versus skiing in the 80s. You know what I mean? And, and some people saw it. I did and Craig did and other, but, um, but I, I, I just knew that like, uh, I don't know, like I was a skate hardcore skateboarder and I was like, you know what? This sport deserves to be more free flowing and open than this regimented golf type of skiing. You right. know what I mean? Right. And it's like, and even with the history of the sport where people kind of ignored it forever, everything's coming back into play now where it's like you can you can compete and still have roots in the sport you can you know what i mean okay. you can um so i have a question for you okay what because you were involved with skateboarding for a long time did you do skateboard contests when i was younger yeah <clears throat> yeah. yeah okay so there was a regime a regiment there right yeah, the there's regime. rules there's regime there's everything yeah right? whatever so you had to be at a certain place a certain time what what was going through your head and other writers' heads at the time when they were being destructive. Who was? Like, say... Like, say, breaking things in hotel rooms. Or okay, so... Smashing things. Okay, so, so like Japan, say that. The incident. incident. Yeah, no, I, all that kind I of always stuff. Joke, I always joke What that, went through your head? Well, no, okay. You knew that it was I, wrong, Okay, right? I, You're breaking course, things. I, okay. What am I supposed okay, to do? Okay, a couple things. I looked at I, it like I have this. no choice. No, absolutely not. No, it's the best. No, oh, so, you're trying so, to kill me. So, I knew it. So, like, um, what was it? Uh, so, with the, um, okay, you were saying about the contest, getting in trouble. I always say about this in Japan. If anybody from that hotel spoke one. English and just came out and said, Hey guys, what the fuck are you doing? Stop doing this. At any time, everyone would have stopped. They don't have those words yeah, in Japanese. Yeah, so like, <laughs> They go like, they go, no. And I'd always go, just fuck in the Deutsch? And I'd just throw <laughs> oh, them right. off. <laughs> and they're like, so you can't get instructions. So yeah, um, what was going through my head? It was kind of like, I, I... And then, you know, but then, no. Two o'clock in the morning, Mr. Martin, Mr. Martin. Because I'm the guy that speaks the English. Yeah, yeah right? no, you guys, you'd yeah, already find me and Roach. Yeah. Like, you'd already find Santa Cruz, like 400, 500 bucks or I something. Know, right. Some bullshit to just try to get us to stop. But like, even if we... Like that last night, like we did just pretty much happen to be there. Palmer walked up, Roach and I standing Oh, there. you're playing Palmer and, and, now. And no, hits this fucking thing, right? The beer goes up and we're it's drunk. Whack-a-mole. You remember it was whack-a-mole. Yeah, so, so right? we're, but we're drunk. We're just standing there. Japanese All of a sudden, whack-a-mole. No, no, Palmer just fucking moonwalks away from that thing. And it's just Roach and I standing there. And it's like anything we did that whole weekend was like, who did it? I'm not quite sure, but I know one of them had blue hair and yeah. one of them had green yeah, hair. Exactly. You know, and then I always looked at like there was a lot on the line there then because you were doing the first big World Cup in Japan. There's big sponsors on the fucking line. Huge. Like we had it, live TV. And, and here's these two Yahoos. Are you fucking no, kidding me? No, there's three Yahoos like, there. Yeah, yeah. One stayed, but whatever. Palmer was. Yeah. Included. Hetzel in too. And That's Craig was it. just as bad as anyone that fucking. Uh, I'm been. sure he was. <laughs> Bullshit. Um, but he but was, no no like I understand. He was more crafty. But yeah no he was he like, <laughs> but like I always understood like not always it took me a couple of years to step back and go like dude there's big shit on the line for him they didn't want to deal with this problem because they did the night before they said you know we're gonna find you that didn't work you know and it's like you had to like. To eliminate the problem, but to go on with the contest, like I, I literally years later looked at that, like okay, I get that. There's millions of dollars on the line, and we're drunk, 
Uh, midnight, like what the fuck? I think it was two or three in the morning. Yeah, I mean starting at midnight. Yeah, just, I, that's a middle that's point. We probably working. start at six p.m. and at six a.m. Yeah. So. But but like but like there's an un, a certain understanding of it, but then there's a certain like just it's so great it happened because it just kind of fractured the sport away because you're still doing contests and doing that like you travel around the world still and do all this stuff and you went through all these changes exactly. and. And I think that's like anybody that can etch out anything to do, you know, in life is amazing. But like, it's just rad. You followed, you just kept following, following my dream. Yeah, yeah, totally. Right? And I still am. Yeah, totally. And that's where I'm at. You know, like I just kind of re started following my dream a couple of years ago after my injury. And like, it's like, yeah, yeah it's it is. And it's like, it's really fun shit though. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and it's like when you're older, you just have a, you may not like the way some things were dealt with at a certain point, but you understand it in a different aspect or appreciate it. Well, and it gives you a broader base to figure out things from. Yeah, too, yeah, right? yeah. And, yeah. You, and you know, now you have a team. You guys have a team. You and Chris and. You have oh, a business and we've had them in trouble. I'm like sure one have. of them was dealing weed out of yeah. our team house in Mammoth. We had to come down on them. Like, yeah, I was like, holy Look at shit. what happened. Like Nico called me. He's like, blah blah blah. I think he's stealing weed out of the house. I go, what do you mean? You think he's like, well, he's got a scale in his room. He's stealing weed out of the house. We better call Ted Martin. Yeah, yeah, totally. Just have you come in that one piece. Oh, so like, cop. Oh, I think God, I still God. have it in my garage. Dude, you gotta have that thing. And the other thing was like your. Um, did you ever rock a mustache? I had a mustache, yeah. Because you look like you're just begging to grow one. I, you're, like that one photo you sent me on the one piece, I was like, looked like it was just going to sprout out your little <laughs> lips at any point. I, people accuse me of being Chuck Norris. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Maybe not accuse you. No, but say you might look like me a down little the hallways. bit. You're Chuck Norris. No, I'm not. Some lady chased me on an elevator once. We were with uh, Chris and I rode for Santa Cruz Sailwards, which we thought was ran out of Santa Cruz, California, where NHS is, independent trucks, and all these, you know, hardcore skate companies. Little did we know that Santa Cruz was just licensed to some Swiss dudes. So when we came back from Japan, I thought, like, I was going to Joel and be like, yeah, those guys are fucking assholes. We ran into some of the team guys, and those guys are dicks, too. Like, all this shit. And that's when it was really explained, like, Mike, no... Um, no, because actually this, we have nothing to do with it. Actually, I'm just hired by these Swiss guys. And, and that's when I knew my, my, what do you call it? My, uh, future with Santa Cruz is done. Cause I, I traveled enough. I knew what Swiss were like and they weren't like me. No, and Chris. they're pretty. And, and whereas Chris was like, hadn't traveled as much as me at the time. And he didn't quite grasp. He's like, but no, it's Santa Cruz. I'm like, no, it's not. It's different. And, you know, that's why I went to Lamar and kind of flourished in a way. And then Chris, you know, thinking about Chris, like he just um, ended up having a family early and just said, you know what? I'm a family man. And at the time I was like, that's crazy. Now I'm like, oh, that's amazing that's that amazing. he did that. You know what I mean? Did, did um, Denervo ride for Bertrand Denervo? Ride yeah, for yeah, Santa yeah, Cruz? yeah. He, to me, he was like, you know, in Rocky IV, the Russian guy. Yeah. Like, he was like the Russian guy to me. Just like, kong, kong, kong. He's like, I can do that trick better. <laughs> you know? Like, it was fun. I just saw the what we were up against, Chris and I. I was like, dude, you know, we're not dealing with independent trucks here. We're dealing with, like, you know, dudes from Switzerland right. that race and do other shit than what we do. Yeah, they're, in they're a not gonna, way. They're not going to be <clears throat> empathetic to our situation in Japan. You know, no, that was pretty funny. So, um, what, what, what was it? Uh, 
Yeah, what happened, man? What was your... What did you, like... Well, it's, it started, I think, way before the whack-a-mole incident yeah, yeah. thing. Because we, we don't know if it was the same year. Maybe it was the year before or the year after. I think it was the year before. The Brushy and Aguchi incident. You Which one was that? That one? Yeah. Was that Brushy and Palmer where they swapped No, outfits? it was Aguchi. Huh. They, they, after the first run, they went in and switched everything. Snowboard. It was Palmer and, Palmer and Brushy. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure it was Aguchi. No, it was Palmer. It was Palmer. It was in Japan? Yeah. The year before? No, because I had to go to, I had to go to, um. I think you might have been I had to tricked go. by all these guys, so Palmer didn't get in trouble. I still have the video, I think. Maybe, but I had to go. So anyhow, they switched clothes, right? Everything, boards, clothes, right? and they take their runs. See, Gooch and Brush wrote for the same company then. They went to swap that much. It was Palmer and Brushy. And and like, I remember there was this controversy of like, like no one really got in trouble for like they kind of swapped it around. Oh, they got in trouble. Like even Palmer had it on his board graphic. Palmer had like him and him and Brushy's you know a little artist rendition. But yeah, it was him and yeah. Anyway, so I'm gonna look for that video. But okay. Anyhow, two guys switched yeah. everything right, and when they finished their run, I was watching. I was going, that's not, that's not. A Gucci, or that's not Brushy, or whoever it was Palmer. That's not the way they ride, right? Yeah. And they didn't stop in the finish line area. They just kept going right to the hotel. So I thought something's up here. This isn't right. The judges are all, uh, didn't say it. When the judges stand, they didn't say anything. Either they knew, which I don't think they did, or they just gave them scores. Yeah. So the next day, I went to Tokyo, to the to the NHK studios, mm -hmm. and watched the replays. Because I, I wasn't watching the TV at the time, obviously, I'm at the venue, so I can't see what's going on, on the TV, and there wasn't a big screen there. So I watched the videos, and the TV had zoomed in on the riders that were in the start and done a head and sh headshot with the name underneath. And you could see who it was. Yeah. It wasn't who it was supposed to yeah, be. Yeah. So they both got disqualified, and they both got fined like $1,500 or $2,000. Yeah. And then... And then Palmer got kicked out of Japan because of the because he was in the Japanese bath and you've been in those right yeah. you got to wash yourself before you go in and take a bath yeah, right? yeah right that's unheard of in the U.S. you just jump in the bathtub so anyhow you wash yourself clean everything off and then you can go in the baths well he he went in <clears throat> um, and started throwing all the stools and the buckets that people wash themselves with yeah, they sit down and, into yeah. the Japanese bath. Yeah. And then some of the pool furniture. Yeah. And so that was like sacrilegious. Yeah. According to the Japanese. So they said we have to you have to kick him out. And and the distributor was even there. I forget who it was for, for He was like, Yep, take him out. Yeah, get get you gotta get rid of him. That's bad news. And that you, was that was you know what I figured out about Japan Washington, though? Like you know, you know how like if you go to like Tokyo on a Sunday, they'll have like parts of a park where all these Elvis dudes go, and then they have these other parts Shit. of the park where all these like punk rocker guys go. Right? They just love their rebels. Mm -hmm. They love mm -hmm. rebellion because they they really as a society I won't ever rebel. No, wait really. in line over there. Okay. Yeah. So it's like they they like you know because I, I started going back to Japan like what was it by. Um, yeah, the next year, I was, Roach has never been back. 
I've been back over 50 <laughs> did, times. Did we scare him that much? Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> no, no, I've been back over 50 I times. Know, man, you know, like, yeah, I totally place. love the place. But like, um, I remember going back and just all, thinking, man, you know, there's probably going to be a side of it that aren't going to be happy with me. It was the opposite. Everyone was like, because of that, because I got kicked out of their country, they'll never get kicked out of their country. Ever, you know, <laughs> yeah. at all. They might get thrown in jail, but not kicked out. You're probably a national hero. Yeah, yeah totally. It was really fun. I've gone through customs and, you and got pulled in for secondary and asked for autographs. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> it was you a pretty know, picture on the side of buses and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But um, but that that whole thing was like kind of a mind fuck. And that like, I was like, how is this working out? You know. And then the next year we came out with like RPM and Roadkill, and those movies. Those were like basically a bunch of butter tricks that I've been doing for years already, but like it's stuff that everybody can do. Right. Yeah, you didn't need to be in Alaska. You didn't need to be, have some big Spend jump. Right. You just need a slope about like that and a little bit of speed and not much risk you can get into your butter trick. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it was like that, you know, that spoke volumes to them because they're, because all of a sudden it was a board, because they all love surfing, they all love skateboarding, but those two are a little bit harder to learn, you know. But what's happening now with, like your kids, okay? Because you were one of the original pioneers of snowboard competitions and free riding, right? Mm -hmm. And now you're, and, and what happened, I think, there for a while is people, people's parents, like my, not my parents, but probably your parents, and other parents started snowboarding, and snowboarding stopped being so cool because there's too many older people doing it. Yeah. Now it's coming around full circle again, and, the, and it got flat. The industry got flat and and companies went out of business and now it's come full circle again and now the new generation of the four, five, twelve year olds, fifteen year olds are starting to come around. Yeah. What what's what's that like for you to see? What's that um, how how to me what kind of influence like, do you hope you have on those? Well no, it's really cool. Like say like I was up at uh, I was in Norway a week ago. Like up at this thing and um Mads Johnson put on this big event, like a, it was called, you know, the Legend Session for Method Magazine. But it was like, um, you know, just me meeting like Mikel Bang, you know, he's like 25. And, and we also have other team writers like Lucas Magoon. And, but they all like, they do their fucking homework. They go back and watch old videos. And like, they're, they like, um, they'll point out a trick I did 22 years ago. Oh, that was sick and botched, Lamar botched. I'm like, are you kidding? I forgot that video existed. I hoped. <laughs> Nobody would ever, so but there's two, there's two or three shots in there that like I do pretty technical shit that like they're still doing or even to some degree figuring out. You know what I mean? So it's like they they look like, but I knew back then doing some of those tricks. So it was like I felt like this people won't even get this yet. I really did feel yeah. like that, you know. Yeah. And but cool with it. But at the same time, I never thought it would come around to the point that it would be. You know, I, I always thought like. It was hundredth monkey type thing. I may have come up with something, but it went, <clears throat> everyone started doing it once to so the degree that it would never be like kind of like narrowed back down. You know, like how do you start the? You know, how do you find the beginning of this? You know, but and, and what, what you guys had to deal with too is you didn't have perfectly groomed super pipes, right? No, uh, <laughs> you had to, well, some pretty gnarly shit. Yeah, like in the eighties, it was always like kinked jumps, you know, yeah. like everything. Everything. E kinked. Even in Norway, when we were, we were all riding the small kinked jumps, like myself, Terry, DCP, Peter Line, like Johan Olsen, like, and everyone. Daniel no, Frank. Yeah, no one liked, the, this is like last week. No one oh. liked, yeah, no one liked the takeoff because there was a little kink in it. And guess what? I loved it. Right. I was like just blasting back threes over it. And like, even Peter Lund was like, 
oh, dude, you, you can actually hit that jump. And I'm like, to me, I'm like, it's like an old school Baker jump. It's got a kink in the bottom. It's not perfect. When I see a perfect jump, like at Super Park, I went there, I rode up some of these quarter pipes. I'm like, I'm way better off on, a, on the mega wrap on skateboard. On a 22 foot skateboard wall with my pads on, I right. feel way safer. Really? <laughs> yeah, I could pop an eight foot air on my skateboard, kick my skateboard away and go to my knees and have a 20 foot knee slide all yeah. the way down. Yeah. Snowboarding, you pop out. What if I pop out this way? What if I pop out too much this way? You right. know, like it was, it was gnarly, you know, but like, but like with the, say the kids 10 years ago, if I was just went to some event like I did last week in Norway, it would have been like, oh, hey, what's up, man? Yeah, anyway, blah, blah, blah. The kids now, like, it was almost we were too close in age. Now it's skipped a whole generation. The kids now really are looking back, like, with wonderment. Right, just kind of like, I was asking. well, that's fucking cool. You know, like, you guys actually pioneered shit. And whereas, like, the generation right after us was like, yeah, anyways, you know, yeah, we're better, okay. you know, that that type of too cool thing. You, you know, don't like, have a Zog, I'm not riding in the pipe today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's coming, coming all the way around. But then, you know, there's that whole competitive side that, like, uh, like I was saying, like with D-Day, we have this one rider that we, you know, we're, we're looking at and we'd like to get on our team that's, he, he'll probably be in the Olympics. And, and that's a whole different beast talking to his mom and talking to him. And, and it's a whole, you know, different thing. It's like there, you know, there are, t it's not my gig, but like, I respect it. You know, I respect the, the dedication it takes. Yeah. And, you know, as Terry said, if you're not riding a super pipe or Alaska, it's all rollerblading to me. Well, that's, you know? that's, that's what's been the fun part about this whole evolution for me is I've, I've been a part of it mm -hmm. and I've, get, I've, I've been able to talk to writers and listen to coaches and parents and it still makes it interesting for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's fun. It's fun. I just I love going to work every day. Yeah. It's not well, a job for me. Like I, I didn't for a while only because I felt like, you know, my early 30s getting pressured out by these. But now all that pressure's off. It's all gone. And now it's like going riding. I can just be a dork again if I want to go off that jump and just like, just, you know, just do a backside three and put my arms in there like that. Nobody yeah, cares. They laugh cares, at yeah, it. Right. 10 years ago, I would have been judged. You see Mike do that. Oh, it's so stupid. Yeah. He's losing it. You know, now it's like, you know, up at that session in Norway, it was like myself, Terry, watching Terry and Peter Line not be graceful was amazing. It was really cool. Like watching Terry fall over and over again. Because he was snow skating. Okay, I'll give him that. He was snow skating. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but, but, so he was trying things on a snow skate. On a 22. But, it was, but you know what I told him? I go, watching you on a snow skate, it's like watching Michael Jordan play baseball. Okay, <laughs> congratulations. You can do it and all. But anyways, get back to snowboarding. Go back to your yeah. roots. <laughs>